Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 127 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Mosswoodward, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder this evening, we have Commander Phoenix Defire. Good evening, everybody. Possibly a, a Commander Psychoko who is missing his banana. Yes, I'm kind in here and uh, trying to avoid echoes and things like that, but not doing very well. And we're also being squeezed in all the way from pad three of Hutton Orbital. We have Commander Hobar. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe if the Thargoids haven't interdicted him yet, we have Commander Ashley Wilkinson. That's right, Buck. <laughs> yeah. Two seconds ago, Commander Ashley. Are you, are you with us now? No, maybe. Well, hopefully, he'll be joining us again in a few minutes. Whilst he's trying to sort his intergalactic Thargoid blaster pew pew biscuits stuff. Uh, uh, oh. No, maybe. Nope. nope. Um, let's dive in with the moderately busy development news we had this week. So, in the past week, we've had beta updates 5 and 6. Now, were there anything in those that grabbed your fancies, guys? Well, yeah. And I mean, I've been doing a lot of testing on the, uh, on the new limpets that have uh, come along. Uh, these are the hatchbreakers, which uh, have Yarr! been given... exactly. They've been given a serious buff, and to say the truth, it's much better for it. Um, they're still undergoing testing. Um, you can see some results on my latest top shift, which I'll put in the show notes at some point. And uh, yeah, so that has been quite a laugh. If it wasn't for the fact that I wasn't able to complete my missions. <laughs> I also understand that in today's beta, they actually had another update to their acceleration yet again. Yes, I've got. Uh, I've I've yet to give it a try, to be honest. So if anybody is wanting to uh, drop by the orange sidewinder, and I will fire off a hatchbreaker at them, so I can just make sure that it works okay, would be appreciated. Well, I'm I can sure steal all your anyone... cargo. Yes, um, maybe if Ashley can join us, maybe he's got a. A UA or something like that, you can steal off him. Because that, that yeah. would kind of serve you right. Dirty, dirty pirate. Arr. Right. Was there anything else that was grabbing you, Colin? Well, I'm afraid to say that is basically what I've been up to this week. Um, there was some uh, nice changes to the exploration stuff, but I think we can touch on that later. And what about your your good self, uh, Chris? Sorry, is that, is that Hober? Yes. Um, Sorry, I, I thought your name was Chris. No, no, no. no. To, um, today? I'd, to be perfectly honest, I've not even got myself into beta. I, I've got the beta and it's probably a bad thing, but I've been so focused on what Hutton Orbital Trackers have been doing recently that beta's not even come into it. Um so you've been basically worrying about the main game rather than this beta malarkey. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not such a big fan of beta bashing, personally. Um, 
Yeah, oh, no, fair it, enough. It, I, I'm kind of with you on that, to be honest. But I, I, I've I've got mixed feelings. Well, no, I've done it in in the past in the game, and it, it's great to try out those new experiences. But I've got to the point where background simulation and what we're currently doing is rather more important than testing out new features. And when it comes in, then I'll be glad to experience it for the first time. I've I've not experienced what other people have in beta with your passengers or your fighters or anything that has changed the game as a whole. So I'm just kind of sitting here going, beta's great, would love to do it, just don't have the time. So, okay, well, we've not asked you this yet. Then. So, Chris, what are your most looked forward to features in patch 2.2? Oh, that's a difficult question. I would love to drop something out of my Type 9. Are you okay. on about mains or are you on about fighters? Oh no, I'm looking forward to the Taipan fighter. I've heard that's uh, possibly one of the best fighters in the game, and I'd 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 love the experience of taking away me going in a ship to suddenly transforming myself. Oh, transforming is probably the wrong word, but transporting myself. What's in disguise? Biddy biddy, yes, that's right, sorry. Buck. Um, <laughs> Going into a fighter and having that experience outside my ship and then seeing what that's like. But not only that, just just getting the experience of having some AI to support you. I mean, we know AI is quite prominent in the game and the AI is really well, well written as far as coding goes. But to have something that supports you directly rather than you go into a system and, you know, maybe you've got a pirate to fight and you get probably the worst anaconda you've ever met to support you whilst you're being backed up by system security where it all, it's always different when, you know, you're the wanted person, the system security comes in, the AI is absolutely amazing and it destroys you. Whereas you find a wanted, I don't know, adder and you've got, um, you know, call system authority vessels in and it's the worst anaconda you've ever seen. It can't fly, it can't shoot. To have something where it's directly supporting you, not just as a kind of kind of outside of your, your um, local gaming, I'm looking forward to that. And as I said, I've not played the beta, so I'm really looking forward to having that, that, that experience of some, well, not someone else, something else in game supporting you. Well, I have to admit, I mean, I've literally just been interdicted on my way from Lave Station to the civilian broadcast, and I'm flying around in the eye cutter. Um, so you know, it's moderately well kitted out, but yeah, I was going. A Ferdinand went off and interdicted me, and first thing I went off and did was just drop my fighter. So I was flying around in the big fat ship and let my cutter let the fighter go off and it's just basically distracting the furry lance whilst I get my big ship into position and just open up and I just stripped his shields. So, um, and so it's, it's a definite game changer. So, Eid, um, mm. Eid, I don't, I don't um, Whatever, yeah. For someone who's not experienced it, what's it actually like to have that experience of I can send out a fighter, I don't need to worry about it. Or I do need to worry about it, but for a certain amount of time, I don't need to worry about it because the fighters will go and deal with it. It's... It's a sense of relief, to be honest. 
especially yeah. if you're in a big uh, Type 9. Because the one thing, I mean, Mr. Jarvis has went on about this for how long? Uh, but the, just the, the idea that you've got something covering your back and you've got a chance to get away just makes things so much more um, attractive to being a trader. That's really good to hear because that's, that's part of the hunting truckers. We don't really run combat ships unless we end up in a war. And <laughs> it, it, it seems that FDEV figures um, seem to indicate that we do quite well in wars considering we're, we're truckers. And you know what? We, we don't do much more than anybody else. And um, so to kind of think that I could sit there in my trader and just go. I'll release this fighter and then get the hell out of here. It's quite nice, but what happens if yeah. you want to keep your pilot in your fighter? How does that work? Right. Well, it, it worked quite well because um, your pilot, your your um, crew member, he actually is on board at all times. And it's a telepresence link to the fighter. So you can, you can actually jump away without recovering the fighter. So that that is also... Something good. Plus, also the hangar, as you can get up to about like I think eight reprints of the same fighter, which is always useful. So um, the downside is is that a the pilots are rated on ability. So obviously, the more more expensive the pilot, uh, the better rated they'll be. Um, the downside is if you hire a harmless pilot and you launch him, well, um, yes, <laughs> good luck with that. You might as well have been firing limpets. <laughs> well, <laughs> on the other hand, your harmless pirate, if you take him out, train him up, play with him, treat him nice, buy him dinner, then they'll get better. They will get better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they'll stay at the same price. That is also correct, apparently. I haven't yeah. tested now, the re- it out, but that's what I've heard. Well, that, that's one very important thing to remember because, um, actually, when I've I've got an expert co-pilot on my T9 at the moment. Well, actually, I fired on my pilots because I wasn't flying the T9, but um, they were taking off me 12% of every single trip and every single thing I did just for actually being in the ship. So I was there thinking, actually, I don't even have a fighter. Why have I got these crew? So my suggestion about this one is don't hire crew if you're not going to use the fighters i know that sounds bleedingly obvious but uh it's, it's amazing that you forget that after you've moved onto your combat ship so is there such a massive difference between hiring a npc to back up your crew than it is to say find a, a friendly commander within your group or just generally as you fly through space is it better to have them in support no matter what they're doing just to support you versus the kind of profit they will take from you? Well, to be honest, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's based on the situation you're in. Um, for instance, if you have decided that you want to go into a combat zone in a T9 or you're going into a, a very pirate-infested system, which you can, you can actually see with all the security thing that comes up when you jump to a system, um, then to tell you the truth... It's a lot easier than actually calling up your friends list and saying, excuse me, anybody free in this place? Because that hasn't been happening all that much lately. 
I've, I've, I've found it difficult to wing up with with other people because I'm not on at the same time as everybody else. It's far too early for me. <laughs> well, no, that's that that's, that that really seems good that you, you can get the NPCs there to support you in those in those situations where you just think, you know what, probably going to hit something a little bit more hairy than I can stand. Yeah, I'll take the drop in uh, my profit, but you've got someone there to back you up. Not only that, but after flying a Type 99 for N hours, jumping into a fighter is... It's cathartic, They're so bloody maneuverable, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's cathartic, that is, because when you jump into the fighter after you've been in that blooming tub of lard for the last <laughs> couple of hours... Actually, I take that back. It's a real insult to tubs of lard. But it's... It, it's, it's such a relief to be able to bank round... Quickly, <laughs> it's almost you know you've they're got almost a chance too of a quick, sidewinder it feels like. I don't I think mean, so. I, I think they've got. It feels so maneuverable. I love it. It's great. But my God, is it? It doesn't well, feel as maneuver. It feels more maneuverable than it. Do- Ouch! Hello, Colin. Was that you? You toss. Yes. Are you, you. The thing about your ship, Colin, is that it's dark. And the thing about space. Is that it's also dark. It's supposed to so, be silver, my ship. Well, y- your ship is currently looking black against black with white spots against black with white spots. Um, <laughs> if you can't see, see ben, I can seriously, see it now. If yeah, you I can't can see, see that, I'm jeez. Oh, yeah, but before you were in the shadow, weren't you, Colin? I I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this conversation back because. Yes. I've, I've not experienced this and clearly you guys have spent a lot of time in beta and for those um, live radio listeners that haven't spent time in beta I'm curious as the fighters go how quick are they? How powerful is the weaponry? And how light are they on armour and being destroyed? Now I'd see them in my personal mind before actually experiencing this they're about as difficult to target as a skimmer Mm-hmm. They're fast moving. They're small vessels, difficult to lock onto. Okay, and... well, Colin, do you want to blow me up? <laughs> I'll I'll evade and I won't shoot you, but you blow me up. Right. Well, what I'm doing at the moment is I'm trying to target Ben with four beam lasers. And holy shit! Practically one <laughs> shot if I'm actually getting target. Ow! That was one shot in the entire cannon yet. Uh, Ow! And, yeah. Well, that's my third <laughs> lands. This is this is this is my pride and joy. This is, and it's it's hard to track him down. But once you do get a track on him, boom! <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah. Now I think that fighters at the moment have a weakness, which is turrets. Because once a turret will lock on, unless you have chaff, I think that is going to be the one that will balance it out. So you can just imagine uh, pirates will be take, changing some... Oh, you're a little bugger. You're deciding to have your own back now, are you? Well, it's somebody shooting you. Oh, my ship oh okay, Ashley. Right, fine. Uh, <laughs> Ashley is deciding to have a go right now. Now, these things, these fighters are very... Uh, they're fragile, but they pack a heck of a big punch. And also, on top of that, um, I mean, their main thing of oh. defence is manoeuvrability. I've just seen something that I never learned, Colin. 
What's that? So after you shot my uh, Imperial fighter down, yes. I've it's currently under construction. Yeah, so that's I've got it. a wee you, timer you after you blow me up. I've never seen that. Yeah. So, so that that oh. is news to me. Oh great! But no, thankfully, I have, have... no, I I'm have being shot one. by the Lave Radio Sidewinder now. You know. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Um, where's Colin? Um, there's quite a few people who are actually shooting you, aren't they? Hang on, why is Highbite shooting me? Why are you shooting me, Highbite? That's Michael Searle. Mm. Well, good radio, this, me, by Searle? the way, guys. It's very good radio. Yeah, but so, yeah, these the fighters are definitely glass cannons, I would say. You know, as they you, are. As you might have gathered, Chris, one... Hober. Oh, sorry, Hober, or whatever. Um, Kay, 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 Kay for the names. <laughs> um, one, yeah. So, okay, so one volley from Colin basically got rid of me. Well, it was four but... beam lasers. So, <laughs> oh, that's Ashley again. Hang on, I'm not shooting Ashley. Where's Colin? But my fighter just took out um, whoever it was who just tried killing me. Well, not wanted, so what's going on here? Ben, your so, cutter seems to have taken an interest in me. Yeah, I gathered that. It, I, I'm, wow, I, I, my, I'm not even able to touch you, am I? How, what kind of shields have you got on that thing? <clears throat> Special Thargoid shields. You're not kidding! <laughs> uh, I'm passing you, I'm hitting you with like, point-blank range. And not even touching your shields. Whereas uh, I ate through um, whoever I just killed shields very, very quickly. And I'm assuming he just had normal ones, but I don't know what you've got on that. But wow, that's not that's hurting quite badly. So uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, having yeah. not trialed out the uh, the beta... Would you say fighters from your ship are... I'm not going to use the term OP because it has different connotations. Are they badass? They're badass, but balanced. I would say they're pretty Phoenix to fire, you've you've really coined what I'm expecting. (laughs) That is one heck of a ship you have there, Ashley. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. Oh, don't be sorry. That was—that's <laughs> an impressive ship, and thankfully, this is all just beta, so it's all good. But hey, everybody, Ashley's managed managed to join us. So, Ashley, introduce yourself, please. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Commander Ashley Wilkinson. Uh, I'm a member of Canon Canon Stellar Research, um, and I'm here to talk to you tonight about a, a strange mystery that happened last week. And I'm sure, as you say, you've definitely got some kind of Thargoid shielding going on there, because that's... I don't know what the hell you've got, but I want i want to see your loadout at some point. And that's no not problem. a euphemism, I promise you guys. <laughs> Have we got Cal for the, the ultimate It's a Mr. Tree um, audio defense? I'm guessing Mr. Cal's out, so probably not. Possibly not. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, fighters are a lot, a lot of fun, Chris. Any other questions? The best thing about them, actually, is the launch sequence, I have to admit. You know, it's completely out of Battlestar Galactica. 
Um, you basically you you've got a a virtual tunnel that you're shot down at high speed. So you're launched off of like magnetic rails or something through this tunnel. That's obviously it's just a hologram because it's not there in real life, obviously. And it just looks so awesome, and it's just oh, it's it's, it's great fun. I see the uh, these are the things that I. I... I'm not currently experiencing in beta, and I look forward to it. I've also yeah. heard, um, oh, what's the next best thing in beta? Uh, passengers. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Oh, basically, you go to a, you go to a bar and you say, "Oh, you want you want a trip to Aldron? Hang on, um, hang on, hang on, need. Um, we've had this conversation previously. <laughs> If you can show me the stars. <laughs> so okay, so okay, I'm doing it live on air just now, so anyone who's on the Lave Radio Twitch can follow along. So you go along to the passenger lounge, which is basically a bar, and you've got as as you do with all your normal missions, you've got your different factions there. So I can see here the workers for Lave Liberals have got three missions. Lave Incorporated have got two missions. Lave Radio Network. Oh my god! <laughs> the you 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 have to have a look at my the Lave Radio stream, Chris. The Lave Radio Network representative, Kyle O'Brien, looks like he's a zombie. He he really does look incredibly scary. Um, but anyway. Kyle O'Brien is apparently offering two zombie tours, um, and so on. So just like with normal missions, you've got your different factions offering different missions, basically. And then you go off and say to, see your passengers, and you'll see what kind of um, berth they're looking for. So whether it's a, a economy berth, or whether it's a business class, or VIP, or whatever... They'll then say, well, if your birth doesn't, isn't good enough, then they'll just like, you can't take it. If it's too good or you don't have enough room, then again, you can't take it. And then you go along and you'll see what they want to do. So I can see here that Martha Neal is looking for a sightseeing adventure. And Martha's wanting to go to Hofada, which is, call it 38 light years away. And Salimanan, which is 100 and something odd light years away. Um, 190 lighters away and i can see there that she's wanting to go to a couple of visitor beacons in these systems and then we're good um but then she's also got different things that she doesn't like so if we go off and get some hull damage she gets a bit miffed off um we can see this one's not really very very likely to get assassinated which doesn't really care if we do anything naughty but she's a bit demanding so she's a bit of a diva even though she's only an economy passenger uh, so she might go off and say, you know what, I want to go and have a look at the sun instead. And you basically, you've got to try to accommodate your passengers' mission requests as best you can. And then you go off and do it. And it's basically, it's just another fetch mission, but it takes you to funky and awesome parts of the, ga- of the galaxy, hopefully. So Ashley, I believe you wanted to add something to that. Ashley? I range. And I think Ashley's being interdicted again. 
Biddy, biddy, biddy. There's right book. <laughs> yeah, we're losing can Ashley again. Can you hear him? It's not uh, happening. Uh, um, Tell you what, Ashley. Ashley, hang up this call. I'm going to call you in in game, and we'll see what happens there. <laughs> very, very scary. Okay. All right. I mean, we've already got roboting, Ashley, so let's try try an in-game, Ashley. So, as, as a non-beta player, is there anything I need yeah. to look out for? Um, Mr. Eid or Mr. Phoenix to fire? Colin, you on this or shall I take it? I guess I'll take it then. So, things to look out for. Okay, coming in with no expectations, you're going to have a new uh, Starport Services screen when you when you come in. I got very lost thinking, how the hell do I refuel? And where is everything? So, now all your maintenance and all your refueling is now over on the right-hand side, for example. Um, your, you can go off and buy your limpets and things by going down to Advanced Maintenance. And you'll go and see down there, you've got all your limpets down in there now under advanced maintenance and restock. Um, and that was something that I got very lost at, thinking, what do I do here? Because I just don't know, and I'm a bit I'm all confused. Um, I'm just picking up 16 limpets myself just now. From my understanding, it went from kind of um, what you need to restock your ship versus what you need to do within the kind of community version of the game, i.e. yes, you can restock your ship. Say, it's, be it's become more service-oriented, shall we say. That's a very good term to use. This is a very good term to use. It's, yeah, we're all, all about services at work in real life, and that's kind of sad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is very much more, it's a much more service-oriented framework. So it's like, you know, all about your car, um, your commodities, your missions, and that's all over on the, on the left-hand side. There's a massive chunk in the middle, like, middle-middle, showing you Galnet things. Um, and then you've got your state and all the stuff there, so... I don't know if this is any relative to Dave Hughes, but I can see Aid Otis Hughes is in the workers of Labour Liberals, and he he seems to have taken over Lave Station for just now. So maybe he's a relative of Sellers and Lake. I'm not sure. Um, what things though are? Well, I've got to say, there's only one man that can bring the the randomness of uh, Elite Dangerous computer game that is into one kind of role-playing game aspect, and that is Dave Hughes. Commander says Dave, Dave is awesome at th things like that, and never, he's, he's the man without the plan and still manages to pull it off. Well, he's, he's the man with so many plans that it's what they originally thought, and I've got to say... Uh, I'm, I, I'm actually talking about Dave's, doing Dave's um, RPGs. You know, he, yep. He's got a vague idea for what he wants in his RPGs, RPG, like he, what he wants his RPG campaign to be. But as we were talking about the other day, Sod's Law says the second you go off and involve players in an RPG, 
just throw your throw your plans out the window because it's just not going to happen and you've got to be a master of improvisation. Well, as I always say to the man, he's probably got a better plan of what's going on in the entire Elite universe than possibly Frontier Dev do. But they've got certain plans, but <laughs> to actually create a role-playing game, pen and paper, which probably are into a, f- a few members of the Lave Radio crew listening to listening tonight, mm-hmm. to transfer that into an actual pen and paper role-play game. God, has that man done so many better things than I've seen done through many other companies that run role-playing games. Yeah. And it... I, I know. Oh, I, I can't. I can't. You know what? I, I've got to the point where I just. I. I can't actually praise him enough because he has just taken the best of all role-playing games, pen and paper that I've ever played, and he's combined them into one, and it is now a package. Yeah, TLDR. <clears throat> if you like role-playing games and you like Elite, go and get Elite Encounters when you can, if you haven't already signed up for it. It's not available yet, but it's it's coming soon. We promise. Well, Dave promises. Anyway, should we get back on track? Uh, we had some show notes we were talking about. Oh yeah, Colin, miniatures. Why not? While we're while we're there. Well, plug. yeah, just let her plug the fact that we're, we're me and Dave worked on the miniatures rules for that as well. So it's not it's, um, and uh, I do believe that there'll be an opportunity for more opportunity for people to have a go at it coming up soon, sometime in November. So hopefully, with this, we'll have a, uh, it. It might be. But yes, we'll hopefully we'll be able to be doing one of our demo games uh, at. I, I'm uh, very uh, jealous because I, I I missed any elite encounters at LaveCon, so I'm very jealous if if I'm going to be missing one out out on one because you know I do enjoy them. Oh, and I'm I'm back in the at the Orange Sidewinder, and it's only me and Commander Frank now, so. Please don't shoot me, Commander Frank, because I've already gotten blown up and Colin's away from me now. Right. There were a couple of things that I noticed in the patch notes, which is what, believe it or not, we are actually meant to be talking about at the moment. Uh, so we went, the, they introduced in Beta 5 the module transfers. So, you know, let's say for sake of argument, this is something that Ashley will probably be very interested in, I guess. That, you know, he's got his super-engineered shields but he wants to get them from his horrible, nasty Corvette, and he wants to put them onto a beautiful eye, eye cutter or something. And, you know, he can basically put his shields into storage and take them out again. Um, and that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, they, they've decided to upgrade the number of modules that you can store from 30 to 60 in beta. They have indeed. Uh, beta 6. Um, and on top of that, as well as the ship transfer, you can actually transfer them between locations. So if you've left your yep. modules at uh, at Achenar and you're all of a sudden in Seoul, uh, you can then pay a vast amount of money and have them transferred. Well, how much money is it, or do you not know? I don't know. Uh, okay. but I, I've with, not had a chance to look at the prices of that yet. Uh, but when Ooh. you look at the prices of the ship transfers, there's a, an awful lot of, um, oh, that's too expensive. Well, that was something that I noticed. They did say that in the patch notes for Beta 6 that they are they modified them a little bit. 
Um, so they're tuning. That is being tuned. But yes. I've not had a chance to look at any of that kind of stuff yet because I literally dialed in and flew to lave. Uh, and I've not had a chance to look at any of these new new things yet in game. But if anyone in the channel wants to tell us what they're doing and how they are looking like, that'd be appreciated if you had a chance to have a look. Um, we know that well. We know about the Type Seven. That's getting a rebalance, which is awesome. This is, I think, is going to be a massive thing. That you know, when you're landing on a planet. So you st when you're flying along, trying to see if you can land, it basically goes off and says, if you can land, it goes off and say it's checking your speed and then the terrain and then your actual alignment before you can actually go off and land. Which basically means that you have to be flying low and slow before you can actually land. Uh, I thought that was already in. Well, that, that came in in beta 5. No, that's been that's been in from Horizons. Well, no, this you've it, well according to this, they're now checking your terrain and then your speed, and then your alignment. Oh, right, okay. So they've they've they flipped it because they before it was yes before so, it, it was speed first and then it checked alignment. No, it was before terrain. It, before it was speed terrain then alignment. Now it's terrain then speed then alignment. Which is what I said. <laughs> I thought you said tell them around. Anyway, basically it means you can fly faster before you when you're looking for somewhere to land, and that is a massive thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we, this is something that I'm quite excited about. Though not, again, actually, I can have a look at this just now. Um, there is a visited stars filter in your route planning. So if I go to my route planning, um. Show by I don't know how do I do this? I've no idea. So right, so show by col color, colony allegiance. I don't really want to do that. Where's my where's my visited stars? If anybody's seen visited stars, that would be awesome. Uh, show grid, show show markets, ba 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 da ba da ba da. It's not there. It's not there. Okay, I'm not entirely sure where you see your visited stars then, so if anyone can tell me where that is, that would be really kind of appreciated. Because I'm not seeing it, and I'm not going to spend half an hour trying to look for it, but apparently you can allow the visited stars to filter for your route, plan your route plotting. Ashley, maybe you know something about this, I'm not sure, but they're saying that they added in gimbaled versions of the fighter weapons so lasers don't look so wrong. Have you got any idea what Frontier were on about with that? Because I read it and I just kind of thought, what? Well, considering... <laughs> um, oh, and I... we've lost Ashley again still? Yeah, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to say that... the. I, d I didn't know what they saw on that because I thought it was fine. Ah, uh, yes, they're, they're talking. Uh, um, they're talking about the aesthetics, I believe. Yeah, but what what was wrong with the fighters before? I, I was a bit confused with it. Was it the fact that the fighters all looked as like they had fixed weapons, so the guns weren't actually tracking? 
on on their targets. Like in like if if you get up close with with some fighters, you can actually see the turrets track, mm. or the gimbaled weapons track you. Now I don't think that those that tracking was visible on the fighters themselves. Ashley. Uh, the Thargoids have got him. Uh, I think they have. Oh, I've just realised that because uh, I got killed by Ashley, then I've lost. I've lost my poor commander. Oh, you, you mean your pilot? Yeah, my pilot is dead. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something that's important, Hober. So you, as we were talking about Chris, you Hober, sorry, whatever, you go off and. You you hire a pilot, and that's awesome. Uh, Effectively, if your if, ship if gets blown up, they um, don't have a yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, baby. Yeah, we just had Ashley just jump in and then drop out again. I think we did. <laughs> can you guys hear me now? Can you? Yes, we can. Fantastic. Right. I'm not going to play the game because apparently playing the game breaks everything. Ah. <laughs> uh, so that would yeah. be. I think that's, that happened for Grant last time as well, I believe. Mm, I think it could be the beta. Yeah, Grant was having that problem. Oh, I can't do that. I've got to switch back. So you if, were... you, if you lose your, um, your MPC commander. Right, so you know when you you know when you die, obviously, your you get ejected out in by a magical escape pod, right? Eject, eject, eject. Exactly. But you eject out, and it's a magic magic escape pod, and that's awesome. But for some bizarre reason, your poor um command, your poor commander, your poor NPC pilot doesn't actually have an escape pod. Nope. So the escape so. pods are supplied as part of your member of the elite pilots Pirate. federation. Yes. So those poor those poor hiring pilots are just they belong to the pilots federation, not the elite's pilots. So they don't get an escape pod. So basically so. when your sh- your ship dies, they die with it. Which is why they actually level up faster than you. Because um, there's a little bit of um, XCOM soldiery going on here. So you get attached to your nice pilot. You really like having him as a wingman. And then you screw up and you lose him, her, it. And, and then, you end up heartbroken. So, um, I just, uh, see, this is something I'm starting to see where, you know, you'll have um, underground um, pilots federation get your wingman up very much like Pokemon fights where you start to train them up and you know, mm. the best one wins and rather than actually doing PVP <laughs> for, 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 um, for your commander's sake, you'll start training those NPCs up and you'll start training them like Pokemon where you'll go, oh, I've got level five. Uh, yeah. I'll try and have a fight with this person that I've got very good parlay with. Otherwise, you're not going to have the same situation with, but you'll just have NPC versus NPC and try and... Oh, I, I can't say anything other than Pokemon training. Well, it, it the fighters are limited by certain ships. So you're talking about the big behemoths 
um, will have only fighters. So if and I'm, the killback, yeah, well, on the killback, and that balances things out because um, my fertilizer will not have a fighter, so I can't deploy a uh, a fighter to attack a trader as well as attacking the trader with my own ship. So an attacker has to then make a decision when attacking a trader: Do I try and wipe out the fighter and the the um, trader gets away, or do I try and go and disable the trader and, and take a severe hammering from the fighter? Um, that's where the balance comes in, because I mean, if it was basically you could use these things as a pirate assistance, then yeah, I could see the point of doing Pokemon training, but. I think because the fighters are mostly used as a defensive weapon for the traders, I think you'll be fine. I completely agree, but I also see these certain instances where people want to get the best um, pilot they can. And yes, the Pokemon thing is probably a horrible way to explain it, but if you've got a Type 9 versus a Type 9 and you're only willing to put your NPC fighter pilots in, and it is basically who wins wins and then they rank up and then you can go repair them and and then you come back to you know another organized fight you know, I, you know i'm not saying there's there's fight club going on but because i can't well exactly the first rule is you don't speak about it um but i can see that happening within certain player groups just to get the best npc pilot you can to support yourself I might and then be you'll wrong, have to redo it all over again of, when the pilot's destroyed. I've, yeah, I've not done any of the metro on this or anything like that, but I suspect your best idea is going to be taking them along to uh, an easy war zone or something like that, and then letting them go off and have fun taking out sidewinders and things. Well, aside from their actual job, have any of you guys, I mean, I can speak for myself here, I kind of get attached in their little side stories and create like a little bit of role play because the guy I've got on my crew called Edward he likes drinking tea and instead of jumping in the fighter he'll just be having a cup of tea and I'll be like Edward get in the bloody fighter now <laughs> you know yeah I, I do I, I can emphasize with that yes yeah I do like the flavor that they've put around those pilots because basically it just gives them a little bit more personality especially yeah. I mean, last time first time we, we looked it up turned out that this this particular NPC was a hut and trucker my, my very first NPC were a trucker, yeah, which yeah, I'm gutted that that poor person's dead now. Sorry. Well, <laughs> no, that, that uh, wasn't Al you, Alvin, actually. That was some Alvin idea. will be having words, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't uh, Ashley who killed it, that was somebody in last week's show killed, killed that poor commander. Or oh, good. Killed that poor NPC. But equally, I think we've spent far too much time on the beaters. So, shall we, shall we jump to the next point in the news? Um, oh, Grant, how do you feel about doing an advert break, maybe? As we yeah, we can, we, can, to... oh, we can do Oh, we my can God, do... you're with us, Grant. Hi, Grant. Hello. I, I'm listening. Oh. I'm listening. We're just still hammering away in the room and, and trying to work out uh, what, what's going on in our lives. Should we, should we have a quick advert break and then we'll very, very quickly talk about the newsletter and then I think we might have story time with Ashley. Okay, sounds good. All right, here we go. 
on the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkabate, prickleback, soul, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nooka nooka wabba wabba. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest, so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, we've solved an age-old problem. Vegas Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vegas Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, Speak to your doctor today. Traveling with Vegas Slimweed Ingestive may constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself at customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea or vomiting. A small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. And we're back, so let's get straight in with newsletter 145. Now, yeah, once again, we have lots and lots of pretty pictures. Um, there is a very nice couple of paint packs that's been brought in with the Hunter and the Predator ones uh, for the Cobra Mark III and Mark IVs. Now, I have to admit, I do like the Predator paint pack. I think they look very, very bright and very, very awesome. And apparently they growl a little bit too, like a predator. <laughs> but they look so good. They do. They do look good. Though I haven't bought any yet. Um, that was really about all that grabbed me. Well, we do have the Paladin Consortium, who are great friends and lovely, lovely guys. Who this Saturday, I think it is, on the fourteenth of October, they're doing a race on their home world, and that's open to absolutely everybody. And for that, you can have a look in the, in the newsletter for that, but it's awesome. And the Paladins are really nice guys. Um, we have a Space Loach video showing you how big everything is. That's really all that kind of grabbed me. Um, but, yeah, is there anything grabbing you, Colin? Well, I must admit, uh, I did quite enjoy the... Uh... Uh, the Putting Things to Skill video, um, Matt Ricardo, had, uh, he's been doing these videos ever since uh, I think 1.3 came out, where you start with a, a banana uh, and then moves to a person and then shows the whole 
uh, how big these things actually are. And in this case, they've now added in the Indicta, uh, the Majestic class cruiser, the, the Farragut battle cruiser, and of course, uh, is that an Orbis station? It is an Orbis, yes. Yeah, an Orbis station. So you, you really do get a size of um, a, a sense of perspective compared to what the heck you're flying. I mean, at the moment, flying a Ferdinand's, you don't realize you're actually flying something the size of a 747 until you actually see the sk- the other scales involved. Uh, another thing to quickly notice is he's put in the space loach as well. So it goes now banana, space loach, then person. As it should. You know, what about yourself, Ashley? Is there anything that you're actually liking in the newsletters of late? Um, definitely into the race that's coming on uh, on Friday. Is it Friday or is it, Saturday, isn't it? The 14th, whenever the 14th is. Yeah, um, um, yeah. no, it is, fr- it is Friday, sorry. It is Friday, Friday the 14th. Yeah, I yep. signed up to that today. Um, I'm going to go and review the track tomorrow, I think, and, and do a scout and a recce to make sure I'm not going to get lost or get kidnapped by Thargoids or anything like that. So, um, But that's about it on the newsletter, as far as uh, I'm concerned. But... Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I thought this week's newsletter, just like last week's newsletter, was really kind of boring. But yeah, what about yourself, Chris? <laughs> Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry, Hobart. <laughs> Well, I've got to say, um, this is the first time I've looked at this week's newsletter, uh, number 145, and I'm just looking at the race for the Paladin Consortium, and uh, it's full of Dublin Tundras. Um, The race starts down off in the Sandy Ring, which is a low-hanging kind of uh, uh, rocky outcrop. you can, you can travel up to Rising's Relief. You've got the Dry Lake. You've got Papa's Crack, Jameson's Charge, the Tuscan Trench, which um, medically is probably quite important. The Badlands, just don't touch. Um, you've got um, Rock Ridge, which I'm sure if you tickle underneath there, then you'll probably be going quite well. The Glacial Rise, Buttock Gorge, the U-Bend, Right at the tip, you've got Little Hole. Just outside that, you've got Big Hole. So maybe that's... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, right. I'm just reading the map as they've mapped it out. Um, you've got um, Gravel Valley. Probably involves a little bit of a shuffle. The Smooth Wipe, straight back into the Badlands. And then outside of the racetrack, you've got Loser's Leap, the Valley of the Lost, where you've clearly gone far out. The Salvage Shaft, Chump Shoot, The Tunnel, The Light, The Shame Plains, and, you're back. and Donkey Dwell. I'm lost a bit when you actually look at the red outline of what that map is. Uh, oh my right, god, it, it does. If you start off on your sandy ring, and then you work <laughs> your way up, and you've got to Papa's Crack... And then you jump across to your rising relief. There, <laughs> yeah, I, I never saw you. that before. You've all just sold this. Of, ah, I, yeah. I never Paladin saw that. Is, is, is a great race. And then you look at it and just go, <laughs> hang on a second. And they got that in the newsletter. Well done. Exactly. Guys. Exactly. Very well done. 
<laughs> and unfortunately, it takes me to, to randomly realise it to everybody else. <laughs> it's because you've got the dirtiest mind out of all of us, which is saying something. Uh, As the BBC well, would say, if it's if it's higher than the eyeless sky, then it should be banned. And to tell you the truth... Well, it depends, that's, that's... Which, depends which shaft you're going for. <laughs> Oh lord! Oh, you have to give him a round of applause for managing to get that in. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so, so yes, that, that, that's my observation from uh, newsletter one four five. Um, but I'd like to bring uh, it back. One four four was boring. Uh, nothing, nothing happened to one four four. Oh, God. I'm going to call you Ben because you keep calling me Chris. So we're going to have uh, that's fine, Chris. That's fine, Ben. Um, so, yes, um, 144 was the uh, newsletter after um, after have had the elite meet, the official elite meet, not the uh, top quality live radio run elite meet where you can just go and hang out. This was all far too organised and far too messy. And, um, well, it just happened that I... I Turned up in uh, newsletter one four four. Yes, I'm Commander Hope Mallow, um, part of the Hutton Truckers, part of the Elite Dangerous community, and I'm planning to do a fifty mile bike ride in the aid of uh, the Special Effects charity. For those that don't know, Special Effects is a charity that creates or reconfigures gaming controllers for disabled people. Or, and I really can't praise them enough. Um, so yes, I'll be doing a 50-mile bike ride on the 5th of November. The reason why um, Special Effects is a charity that really comes close to my heart is that um, as I was growing up, my cousin Richard um, had muscular dystrophy, and as I was growing up as a small child and he was a teenager, I slowly started to watch him lose use of his limbs so it started off in his legs and he couldn't walk so he was bound to a wheelchair and from there he used to have a uh, a special kind of a, a zip line lift where it used to take him so um, my auntie Jackie didn't have to worry about him going to the toilet he could hold on to that and it would transport him from his room straight into the toilet and as time grew on uh, the disabilities started to creep up his spine. So it got from him sitting there and he quite happily played some Mortal Kombat or some uh, Leisure Suit Larry, which I'm sure I was far too young to, uh, to view. Um, and he slowly started to lose the use of his arms. And it, his, his last resort to playing computer games was to, um, 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 use a wooden spoon in his mouth to play Civilization as as the last resort of him playing computer games. And sorry if this isn't coming across very well; it's quite difficult to speak about. Um, yeah, um, he he just lost the use of his limbs. He lost the use of his enjoyment. He used to love music. He used to love computer games. Music quite ha- quite happy to listen to, but playing computer games, he he couldn't do what he used to do and. His last resort when he lost his arms was to put a wooden spoon in his mouth and play Civilization as a very kind of basic kind of um, keyboard-based game. And not long after that, 
um, the disability kind of took him over and and that was him so um, the reason why I'm doing the 50 mile bike ride is is for special effects in memory of my cousin Richard Kilcoyne and uh, the difficulties he had to face over his childhood and teenage years and if you'd like to support us then uh, please go to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash shsetg I'll say that again www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash shsetg I'm sure Ben will post it in the uh, show notes on that'll the all be in the show notes yes yep um, if you'd like to support me in any way you can, if it's not monetary value that you can support me, then just do something, do anything, make yourself a goal and do it on the day and get your friends and family to support you. And uh, to be perfectly honest, just kind of spread the word about special effects and the amazing work they do for disabled people how they get them back into gaming and i know we're all gamers and we all think well gaming's easy but when you're disabled and you can't do the things that we do then special effects really kind of just supports those people that can't yeah and okay i mean i'm i'm blessed that i don't have any disabilities but yeah i know people who have issues playing games and not quite as as extreme as Richard had but you know it's just silly things like they maybe can't c- control the controller properly or they've got problems even using a joystick and special effect will help customize your controllers just making it maybe a little bit more sensitive just re- even if it like on a joystick reducing the springs sometimes can mean the difference between being able to use that joystick or that gamepad and not. And they've got all the know-how and the knowledge to customise your input devices to allow you to use them. And that's... It really really does go from the minimal Ben of, you know, maybe you've lost motor function, you can't quite, you know, use gaming controllers as you you were previously Mm -hmm. or couldn't, couldn't in the first instance. But... It it goes to the extreme where they'll set up controllers where it where it's controlled via your um, via your eye movement or I breathing. I see eye movement for Minecraft and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I can't celebrate the fact that if special effects were around twenty years ago, when Richard was really struggling to play games that. You know, if they were around then, then they could have given him a better piece of life and just didn't have to resort to the really basic. And it's a horrible thing to think about somebody having to use a wooden spoon in their mouth to play computer games. And oh, I'm, I'm going to start getting teary eyed in a minute. But and support, it's, su- I mean, support the charity spread the word if you can't donate monetary wise do something do anything and just spread the word that that's all i want is just spread the word and make somebody else's life that you've never met before that you'll never know but put that money in and you'll change somebody else's life for something that we all take as granted 
and I mean, it sounds pathetic, but gaming can be such an escape. It can be the only escape sometimes for people. You know what, Ben? And that I can don't... be their only joy in their day. That, you know what? That's not pathetic. Escapism, whether it be books, whether it be gaming, whether it be music, whether it be anything, is an amazing thing. Because we all need a we break. Take for granted. It is, yeah. It, it, it's a break from, from, from the struggles we take from life, which is why we all do these things. And to have that opportunity when you're deemed not able to do that is an amazing thing. And that's what special effects really do. Yeah, and they just give everyone a little bit more joy back in their lives. I mean, it's it's not something you hear about in, in the mainstream at all, is it, you know? Um because I mean the stigmatism that gaming used to have if you if you look like years ago of people being like I mean I was always told as a child, you know, get off them computer games, they're really bad for mm. you, they'll rot your brain stuff. When you look at it at the fact like I couldn't ever imagine not being able to play video games. It's something I've done all my life and it's something I probably will do for the rest of my life. And and to have that taken away from me would, would be absolutely devastating. But um, not even not not even having it taken away from you, could you imagine not ever having that? Not ever having that release of I have some other thing to kind of To take my mind off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm horrible and and they need more publicizing in in my opinion the, the places like special effect because because they they do amazing work i've looked on their youtube channel and i've seen seen the videos that they put up and you should like the smiles and, and uh, you see on people's faces when they finally get chance you know to 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 escape and to, to play some more video games you know or to to achieve something they've not achieved before um it's fantastic it really is and Commander Bam in Twitch has just reminded everyone over there that the voices from the hold, um, oh, the voice pack that yeah, uh, it's also it voice a, packs yeah, are doing is also currently um, got yep, it's, all, it's yep. also all, from special effects, as is the Cecil Hutton Truckers one as well, I believe, isn't yes, some of that money going to the special so, effect? Yes, so all all contributions from um. Is it Echoes from the Hole and... Um, What's the Cecil... Cecil's one called? Um, I think it's just Cecil B. Trumpington. Is, is Cecil just Cecil? Yeah. Um, all of all of that money for those voice packs goes straight to um, special effects. Um, so any way you can support the charity, whether it's through my ride, whether it's through voice packs, whether it's through anybody else, just... If you can get the message out there and get some support for them, they really do change lives. And for people that don't have, it's it's really difficult to describe from a personal point of view. They change lives in a way that I hate to use the colloquialism. Other charities don't. Other charities focus on different things. This is all about the quality of life and what you've got now. Yes, other charities think about the long-term things, but if you were to sit there and you go, I can't do anything, and then somebody comes along and goes, I've made you something so you can do something awesome. And that's what special effects really do for me. That They really strike that part of me that just go, yes, there are other charities around and they support amazing things, and that's great. 
but special effects really focus on the kind of the here and now and you know uh, uh, yes this this is why i'm not allowed to talk for too long <laughs> yeah anyway should, should we move move on and ashley i believe we we brought you on for for some tea and maybe some rich tea fingers i see rich tea fingers rich uh, um oh, are we not allowed to mention rich tea fingers hobo no no you're more than no, welcome no. to okay. um, yeah we we might have interdicted yours no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. No, no. Um, I've just got to say, Ed Lewis, um, mentioned Rich Tea Fingers. You owe me a packet. <laughs> you owe me a packet since uh, LaveCon 2016. Um, still waiting for them. Saw you at Leak Me. I thought it was a joke. Um, I had a chat with Zach. Made sure that the uh, community giving, i.e. the rich tea finger delivering, was part of your uh, your yearly reviews. So, (laughs) I'm not taking this on half. Like, and and this is, you know, I love the idea of actually in 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 Ed's formal review, the lack of rich tea biscuits is going to be counted. You've let yourself down, Ed. You've let the community down. You've let Frontier down. <laughs> Most importantly, you've, you've let, let Hover down. down. <laughs> Sorry, you've let Hover down. <laughs> no, 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 and 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 that's the thing. At the end of the day, we were all playing the game of um. Oh, what, <laughs> what was it we were playing? What's the uh, Noel Edmonds? Over. Oh, oh, that. Oh, not elite then. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. We're we're all playing Noel Edmonds, um, whatever his blue box, red box game is. What's in the box thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're playing. We're playing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that um, thing. Generic and, box game number five. Yes, but but yeah. he had but he had a Noel Edmonds wig and a Noel Edmonds shirt. I'm not sure it was a wig or a shirt. I think that was his own stuff. I think it was both. Um, but I, I I put my raffle number in, and I got box number one, and I happened to be standing at the bar. <laughs> and I got a call from the bar now, Mister E. Louise, <laughs> Edelweiss. Um, how far is the bar from the stage on uh, at Lavecon? Oh, it was probably about a ten-second run. No, realistically, from the bar down the yeah, uh, yeah, to run down, down, down the stairs the and then yeah. through the through the main hall. So. I was at the bar, back to order myself a series of drinks, and uh, my number got called out. I ran in, went up and picked up a box. Huh. I've won the Rich Tea Finger Biscuits. And from there, I've had nothing. Uh, I know. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. Anyway, Ashley. Yes. I do believe there is something about MetaDrive. Yes, uh, MetaDrive Incorporated. Um, Who is MetaDrive Incorporated? Who is MetaDrive? Well, they're basically we don't know we don't know a great deal about them, but there was a Galnet article a while back, um, basically saying that they are a company which specialise in frame shift technology and you know they're going to revolutionize the galaxy they're going to change the way everything works and define space travel all over again basically um 
And the first we hear about them um, was, funnily enough, that they were in economic trouble and everything was going downhill. Um, now, this kind of this this didn't this didn't resonate very well with me, but there was no other evidence to go along with it at the time. So I just kind of went, okay, they're they're having economic trouble, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but then about a week after that, um, there was another Galnet article come up, and the chairman um, died. Um, the chairman of Meta Drive Incorporated died. And uh, at which point I thought, okay, hang on a minute. This is getting a little bit more suspicious now. Um, With a name that- like Meta Drive, I just want, you know, are they maybe using certain Meta artifacts as part of their research? Or is there I anything can neither, along those lines? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, it's obviously in the name, Meta, um, and anybody would be not too silly to jump from meta alloys, you know, that the barnacles mm-hmm. give out. Um, but there's no evidence for it, you know, so I can't say, you know, unless, unless there's, unless anything was found like that, that says they're working with meta alloys to try and increase jump range technology. Like, um, cause the way that Canon look at it is, is fact and fiction. It's science, isn't it? You know, unless it can be proved, then it's, it's not the case. So speculation um, would dictate, I mean, I personally would think that more than likely, but at the same time, if you were this big company, would you really want to scream out there in your title, in, in your name that you're working with meta alloys? Um, probably not, because um, you know how the galaxy kind of feels about them at the minute. A lot of people, uh, it's untested, it's untrialed, it's a bit scary and spooky because it's like alien poop basically isn't it and we're gonna what put it into our frame shift drives and use it to make our stations i don't think so but that's just me being paranoid um but yes where was i um so he died and this gentleman a junior a junior exec um called ran corsan or ran corsen um basically escaped um with something um we don't know what that something was um he just escaped with it and uh ever since then he had been hunted because because serious company um serious corporation um bought, bought out um meta drive incorporated when they found out they were having economic trouble they stepped in and said right you're having economic trouble so we're gonna we're gonna help you with that we'll give you piles of cash and we're, we're just gonna buy you out effectively um so do we know anything about Sirius? Um we do, but I'll get on to that later. Um so Ran Corsan escapes, um he leaves uh the Chi Orionis system, um, at which point the E the EDF um jump in. Um they're the Earth Defense Fleet, um, and they basically come in and they say, right, we are, we're in charge of this system or we're taking over and expanding into this system. Um, so we're going to help you track him down and we're going to basically see what's going on and have a look. Um, I do have a statement here from Commander Moonweb um, that I'll probably read out now. Because um, obviously so they can't... EDF are a player faction, I'm assuming. They are a player faction in the game, yeah. Um, right, I've got this statement here for, from them. Um, 
He says, Ran Korsan was considered to be an asset from the moment we learned of his existence. We did not know exactly how he was involved with Sirius or why he was trying to escape. We believed he was in possession of knowledge regarding advanced frameship technologies. MetaDrive as a company's name hints at something to do with meta alloys and frameshift drives, which we just talked about a minute ago. Um, we decided that it was important for us to acquire this information and prevent Sirius from eliminating Corsen, something we considered very likely under the circumstances, because obviously Sirius were trying to track him down, and they have powerful allies, the Sirius Corporation. Um, but again, we'll get into that later on. Um, and they wanted to stop him from eliminating Corsen, um, and the very fact that his escape was publicized on the Galnet um, was enough to consider him in danger because basically the, they've they've thrown out to the entire galaxy. This guy's a bad guy. We should catch him. Um, they say here is unfortunate that he entered an area of space where the EDF could not follow, and we deeply regret not being able to protect him thereafter. The EDF did very much want the data, technology, or cargo which Corsen was in possession of, and we never tried to hide this fact. What is important is that, while Sirius is clearly trying to hide the truth of the matter, EDF wants nothing more than to expose it for public scrutiny in the best interests of the entire bubble and in the best traditions of the Earth Defence Fleet. Um, we can only hope that if and when further information becomes available, the EDF will be able to handle it from a position of stability. Generally speaking, the EDF are not hunters or investigators and have no interest in going to war with Sirius. They only care about the economic and personal freedoms of all humanity. However, disturbances so close to Seoul remain a concern for them. Um, so basically what they're saying about there is we had a manhunt. Um, there was a, a YouTube video go up. Um, funnily enough, from, from Ran, from the character um, that Frontier have hired um, to play him, and it gave some clues. And, and that's when I really got involved the first time, because funnily enough, these clues were in my home system. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to uh, deal with this, or at least have a look at see what's going on. Um, so I went and investigated, and it turns out the EDF, I hadn't contacted them at all at this point, had beaten me to the punch about three hours earlier, and they had posted all their evidence up on the forums. Um, and I was annoyed that they had beaten me to it, because I, I felt like at the time like I could have handled it better. But I, I looked going forward and thought, well, we'll work together. Um, Canon, um, who... who don't really have that the canon don't get involved in politics um per se the the only interest i had in it at the time was the frameshift technology the science behind it and how it was going to work and to get that out to the galaxy because i'm pretty sure the powers that be would want to keep it secret um but later on there was another video turn up um on youtube yet again saying ran Corsen's uh, final destiny uh, the video was called and he, it was shown away and it had clues in the video that I managed to, to go frame by frame and discover effectively. And uh, I found out the systems he was going to be in, the routes that he had plotted to escape Federation space and escape Sirius Corporation. Um, and um, from that point onwards, I figured it would be best to contact the EDF. Um, so I organized a, a joint operation effectively between us and them um, just to make it easier um, to find him and cast a, a bigger net as possible 
Um, and at this point, this is where the hunt began. Um, I started in the video, it showed him in a system next to a pirate outpost. And uh, I basically went to that system and couldn't find him. I waited there for four hours all day, effectively, and he still didn't turn up. At which point, um, I figured, why not? I'm going to throw out a friend request to him um, in game and, and see if that see if that anything happens from that. And strangely enough, he did accept the friend request, at which point I discovered he was in the HERA system, H-E-R-A. Um, and at that point, I mobilized uh, or we mobilized the EDF and me um, and went to that system and we checked everything first of all we went through and checked all the stations he wasn't in any of them and then we went and checked every single asteroid cluster belt every any any point of interest that comes up on your navigation panel we looked in um and short of that he was going to be on a planet which would just be impossible to find him on so um we gave up on that but just as we was just as we finished checking that system he jumped to hebo but because i knew his route and i knew where he was trying to run to and what he was doing i jumped ahead to alioth um, the alliance capital system um where he funnily enough did jump to and he, he escaped the edf effectively um because he's afraid of them or he was afraid of everything um if you ever look at the transcripts um from the forum posts and things like that um, which I will link up in the after show notes. Um, he just ran away from everybody. We was like, we're trying to help you. We want to stop Sirius. We want to stop whoever's after you. We want to get the information out. And he was like, no, I'm not having any of it. And he'd run off and we'd lose him. Um, so I found him in Alios, caught up to him. Um, at which point um, he landed on a planet. Um, right. He landed at Dagaris uh, Station, a ground port. Um, I don't know the name quite, but I know it is Dagaris. Um, at which point he made a transmission. Now, this this was big for me, and I'm pretty sure this will be very, very big for anybody who's into the um, Rift, the Formaline Rift mysteries and things to do with Commander Salome, because he made a transmission at that point, and he dropped off the cargo he was carrying, um, and he said, uh, I have the cargo, um, my lady. Um, I've dropped it off here for you to pick up. And, uh, and then basically he dropped it off and disappeared for a bit, at which point we thought that was over. I was kicking myself for not interdicting him and scanning him and finding out what he was carrying. Um, and at which point we was just about to give up and, and go, right, that's it. He's done. It's off. Um, and he came back online again. And uh, he launched, and I was—I immediately jumped on him and scanned him, and cargo scanned him, and he had obviously dropped off whatever he was carrying. So we still don't know what that is to the to this day, unfortunately. Um, but he came up to me. He was really heavily damaged at this point. Um, from from the video that he sent, capital ships had been sent against him because um, the video showed two capital ships effectively chasing him. Um, at which point I made the connection that Sirius has very powerful ties in the Federation if they're going to relocate two capital-class ships to chase one man. Um, he's obviously very wanted. Um, needless to say, he managed to escape with 16% hull. Um, and 
he turned around and he looked at me and he was like, why are you scanning me? What do you want? Um, and I was like, I'm here to help you. And he was like, um, well, help me. Who, who sent you? Like, did, did she send you? Um, at which point I was racking my brain because I've not read Elite Reclamation, uh, unfortunately. It's on, definitely on my to-do list because Drew Wager is a fantastic author, in my opinion. Um, but I've not read it. And I was like, who, who does he mean? Who, who is she? At which point the EDF crew who were still on comms with me were like, it's Salome, just, just say Salome. So I was like, typed it in and I was like, Salome. And he was like, right, okay, you can follow me. So we followed, I followed him to Alios 4 Alpha, um, at which point we dropped down and he began having some serious engine trouble. Um, cause I had said previously on the way there, don't you want to get repaired first? And he was like, no time. I've got to make this drop. I've got to speak to a person on Alios 4A. Um, and we were coming down and he was like, no, it's going, it's gone. Um, I can't do anything about it. And he was, he shouted, basically started shouting in the chat and he was like, no. And then he said, do not trust Sirius. And then went splat into the side of a mountain. <laughs> so so we got no more from him obviously other than that um at which point other members of edf came in and they searched the wreckage etc etc and they couldn't find anything either um so all in all it was a a really big mystery and i think all we've learned from it is that ran corsen wasn't working alone um which I thought he was. I thought this was just a terrified guy who was being chased by bloody capital ships and a massive organization, and he didn't know what to do. But clearly that isn't the case. Um, he was definitely working with somebody. He's passed on the information he had to who I imagine is Salome. So she has that information now um, to do with frameshift technology. Um, and that's that, um, really. Um, I'm open to questions, Ben. <laughs> Right, well, the thing, well about, the thing about that is that isn't Salome at the moment under arrest on the Imperial Aha. Capital? Yes, this is exactly what the EDF crew and everybody said to me. They, they, we, we, we worked through this and we said, well, hang on a minute, she's under house arrest in Akanar. You know, how, how, how is he getting this message through to her without, without it being intercepted? But, I mean, some could say we're jumping to conclusions, but Milady, and then when I confirmed that I was working with Salome, um, he allowed me to come with him. Um, it's yes, it's circumstantial, but it doesn't take a genius to put the pieces together. Now, I believe he mentioned that he wanted you to get the word out or something. Is that not? He did. He did. Um, when 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 he he was on his way down, he was basically saying. Do not trust Sirius. You have to tell the galactic community. You have to get the word out. You need to tell everybody what's happened here in this moment. Um, at which point, all of us, um, the EDF crew and me, were, were like, well, we have to tell. We, ha we have to get the word out, you know. So we, we sent a message to Galnet. We went on the forums and, and uh, Commander Moonweb, who, who was in charge at the time of the EDF, um, has pieced together a really well-written article um, about what had happened and how Rancosen had died and, and the fact that he was pointing the finger at Sirius. Um, and, yes, 
he 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 just wanted to get it out and when when we got this message they they wouldn't post it they wouldn't print it Hober, you you're Hober, wanting yeah. to add something i believe no space illuminati surely there's certainly yeah, I, I find it very interesting that Galnet is not wanting to pick this up because you know, you're being asked to try to get a very, very important story out, basically saying don't trust these Seriously. pretty major corporations with pretty damn strong ties to the Federation, and yet Galnet's not going to print it? Exactly. But uh, going back to what Hober said... This is space Illuminati. You know, if, if, if Sirius Corporation have this many fingers in the Federation, who's to say they don't have that many fingers in the Pilots Federation? You know, enough to censor the Galnet. Chris? It's, <laughs> well, that's oh, well, it's the tinfoil hat's really gone to, gone to his head again. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, was, I was pretty good as long as you didn't put me on microwave levels. Um, but no, I'm, I'm starting to think that the way the galaxy is playing itself across with your Federation and your Imperials, that as Phoenix Defy might say, maybe it's a little bit of a tin foil hat level, but to be perfectly honest, what secrets are they keeping you from? There's sites across the galaxy where, you know, this flashes across um, pilots while they go through super crews. And, you know, there's, there's the instances where certain newfound drives are pulling commanders or ships outside and blowing them up. And what's to say that this isn't one of the first sightings of the unknown well, ha- hang on a second while well, I just uh, stick on my tinfoil hat. Um, if if I'm being very, very tinfoily right now, I would say that the Gallic, they're hiding a lot from us, uh, are the superpowers. I mean, you look at the Mars relic, which was discovered a long time ago, claimed by the Federation, was never seen from again to this day, which, which appeared on Galnet um, not too long ago as well, I believe. Um, who is this shadowy figure pushing the Empire and the Federation together in the Pleiades Nebula? Um, who's working behind the scenes to get them to, to butt heads um, is another question I'd, I'd like to ask. Um, and, and the big thing is, I think there's obviously something about the frameshift technology and where it comes from and its origins that they don't want the galaxy to know because perhaps people won't use it or perhaps are you, are you thinking the meta drive frame shift or our current generation of frame oh shift? i'm thinking current gen i'm thinking our current generation of frame shift technology comes from somewhere and they don't want us to know where it comes from oh it's certainly a massive difference from say the star dreamer drive exactly you know because look at what happened on mars right it's roughly about a thousand years ago when they discovered it right and roughly about a thousand years ago we were using generation ships that would take years hundreds of years to travel like just out as far as where the bubble is now and and if you're like if something comes in that is so drastically better 
who's to say they're not going to just ignore their moral compass or ignore like ethics and and just bring it in anyway because it will suit everybody better and of course in classical elites then you know we were using witch space which we know is what the thargoids use precisely um, um, now that obviously got stopped with the star dreamer stuff kind of mm-hmm. now as i understand it the hyperspace that we are currently using is not the same as which space if i remember what mike brooks has been saying quite a while back now but i'm sure that was it was a question that was asked and i i think i recall him saying which space is not the same as the hyperspace that we are currently using so I shouldn't be expecting a Thargoid to drag me out when I'm in mid-hyperspace then. You know, Thargoids definitely have very good dimensional travel capabilities. Well, not capabilities. No, 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 no. they do. Fifth dimensional. They do, they do. Um, But, you know, they, they might use switch space, but they certainly seem to... You know, they live between it or something like that, if I remember my history correctly. But what's not, what's not to say that the Thargoids are having a, a bit of a return? I mean, yes, they went away, you know, when we eventually poisoned them and we disabled them in normal space. But what's not to say that those kind of unknown things that we get in normal space aren't just the little, you know, needles that poke in our sides that eventually become the infection that is the Thargoids. We've had the unknown artifact. We've had and the, the barnacles. Yep. yep. We've had the barnacles. We've had the unknown probe. And they're all... As, as, as the Canon research um, facilities slowly start to work out, they're all starting to look inside on what we're doing. They're not there just kind of casually floating around. They're all there to look at to what we're doing. Now, in my mind, personally, that's probably something we should all be worried about. Um, most recently on the Galnet, um, I don't know whether you guys have managed to to read it um, recently. I, I, um, I, I don't I don't read propaganda news. I I, 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 I just I just tend to read what's kind of promoted by by um, players out there that kind of gives me the news that I like to read. But carry on. <laughs> um, well, Sirius Corporation made an announcement, and they are making it, the the post was called surveillance. Are they or, making a lot of money? Um, they're, they're making a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They're making um, surveillance drones. Well, I think surveillance drones. Um, they're, they're making, like, it, they, they claim it's for exploration. They claim they want to go out and... Hello? Yeah, yeah we're here. We're here. still there, yep. We're just listening. We're just trying to tune out our teeth from the radio waves from the Federation. Oh, no. So interrupt your, uh, your communications. <laughs> um, well, basically, the, the, the Galnet spoke about surveillance or exploration because Sirius are releasing hundreds, if not, I believe, thousands of drones into unexplored space now. Um, and, pe- well, I think in the bubble as well. Um, but 
people are suspecting. Are these things going to be used to spy on us or are they being used to discover new systems? Um, and, oh. well, if you think the way I do, then it's leaning more towards surveillance. And come to think of it, they've just lost some very important meta drive data. So wouldn't these drones become very handy in finding out where that's gone? I, I, I'm going to ask a question on behalf of Phoenix Defiant. Of, are you super serious about this? Hey! Oh, oh this happened so much on the Canon Discord the other ah. day. <laughs> are you Don't serious? you dare blame me for that one. <laughs> Why so serious? Yeah, that sir? is all. That is all you. That is all on you, Homer. Oh well, yeah, but you know what? Let, let's entertain the the idea that possibly that there are aspects of the governments within the galaxy that are may not working towards the future of humanity and the way that they want it to play. And there are multitudes of instances throughout space where you have certain influences, whether they be, you know, slightly kind of insecty people or whether they just be complete kind of blase, we think something's happening. I think there's something out there. I'm not trying to say hashtag space Illuminati. But there's something going on beyond what is going on across the three kind of major controlling powers. Um, power play is starting to get into it. And you've started to see, you know, the Federation sitting over barnacle positions, the Empire trying to take over those barnacle positions. And then, well, the Alliance have a listening post. They don't need to send ships. They're just going to listen and see what happens. Well, no, no, no. You've completely ruined. No, the Alliance is already there. They've already got their six limbs. They're fine. <laughs> um, moving away slightly from Ran, I say slightly because you're talking about um, other mysteries and things that have happened in the galaxy. And I don't know how many people follow the unknown um, probe, the Barnacles, the UA's thread on uh, Frontier Forums with any kind of... Um, more like than you passion. know. More um, than you know. If you watch, if 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 you sit there and watch the Reddit, more people are more interested than actually get involved. Mm. Um, the UP transmission was decoded. It was decoded quite a while ago because um, everybody made a big hoo ha about the UP transmission and and how it this was. Is the and pizza cutter one. Very... Yes, the pizza cutter one. I don't think it, it wasn't um, really well publicised that it has been decoded. Um, it got decoded quite a while ago. There was some fant- There's loads of commanders involved. Um, I- I'll I'll probably wait to the end of the show to give them credit. Um, but smart. No, 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 no. no go, go for it. Go for it now, because as soon as that came up, as it was decoded, it got posted across the forums. It got posted across the Reddit, and I'm not talking about Canon Reddit. It was against the um, Elite Dangerous Reddit. As soon as those kind of things happen, it sends the entire community. Via to overdrive. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, I know. Or which which space drive? We're not Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) Well, it it says here um, the three steps that that were done. Um, It was Commander Muir Diver who who managed to do uh, quite a lot of the uh, UP transmission, and then Commander Wace 
um, who was the maths genius behind it and uh, and basically got the last couple of pieces. So it was Commander Wace and Commander uh, Maz the Magic um, were transmitting, uh, sorry, um, decoded the last section. Um, and it points, it points to somewhere, it points to a system. Um, it's a permitted system at the minute um, in 2.1 and I think in 2.2 as well because I, I went and tried to, uh, to get there. Um, but it's uh, COL 70 sector FY-N C21-3 and it's right in the middle of a massive blob. It's in the unknown permit region, basically, um, where we don't have access to anything there. Um, so Frontier is obviously working on something and I can guarantee as soon as things like that get unlocked, like whatever this UP is transmitting, it's transmitting it to there. So if it gets unlocked, people get your asps, get your anacondas and uh, go fly over there and hopefully not get kidnapped by Thargoids. And that very nicely brings me into something I want to very quickly touch on with are there any neutron stars is there a neutron highway going out in that direction i don't actually know um that'd be a fantastic question to ask uh commander emeramus i imagine um because he's part of the galactic mapping um he project. is indeed um, um so that was a i don't fantastic question i don't know if you did you see commander Aramis and dr kai who obviously i'm assuming you know as well you know, I don't know a... them. I, I, I'm quite shadowy, um, but I know of them definitely. <laughs> you know of them, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they went off and basically showed how awesome it is with the 300% neutron star scoop, 300% jump range scoop. They reached a record, didn't they, for going up? They did. They got crazy stupid high. I don't think they actually said how high, but they got basically to the. So as high up the galaxies you can get above our bubble, and there was literally nothing other than other galaxies above them. Yeah, oh, it's they're fantastic, aren't they? Like when it's... you hear about them too, and and explorers as a whole, like the the things that they they find and and the things that they do, it's, it blows me away every time. Really I love does. exploration as much as the next person, but um, it can these guys love it twice as much three times as much as me can you know you know because i've I've been to the other side of the galaxy and back okay so did you, did you take part in distant worlds then i didn't unfortunately i kicked myself for not taking part in it but um right. i just had so much stuff and i couldn't um basically give the time that it would need to to keep up with the waypoints and things every day but i did follow them um quite closely and uh, on their adventures um but i've been there myself i've been to the other side myself um and I've come back again. But... <laughs> You've been to the other side. <laughs> I've been to the other side of the galaxy. I've been to... um, but yeah, um, but I couldn't, the, the, the work that they do in actually going and finding things that haven't been discovered, you know, and pushing it as far as they can go, pushing the neutron star boost, pushing the engineers, pushing everything, you know, to see, I don't know why I'm moving my hand. I'm on radio, uh, but they're pushing as much as they can to get as far away as they can and see what isn't there. I, I love the fact that Wilkinson is, is basically the Brian Cox of Elite Dangerous. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> He's got that northern kind of soft-spoken accent and... We're pushing it all the way to the back of the stars. 
I'm quite. I love that man. <laughs> I think he's a, he's a genius. He's brilliant. Um, so to 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 be described as him, thank you very much, Hober. I take that as a compliment, definitely. <laughs> no problem, my friend. It's, it's a very good observation to make. Um. So I think I think the the main message I wanted to get across from tonight with with what I was talking about was don't trust Sirius. Um. And the Galnet. I don't know why they won't post it. I don't know why Frontier. Won't, won't post it's not frontier man oh it's, galnet it's, yeah i'm in the game it's, it's corporate run man oh, i have a secret word with it's all run by those shadowy corporate goddamn illuminati people mm. oh no i've just been cut off oh to be honest i, I blame don antonacci oh have you guys seen the um the settlement the abandoned settlement that's been discovered in the beta I, ha- I have heard about Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. Seen it <laughs> For anybody who doesn't have the beta. Ah, hashtag there goes my exploring. <laughs> um, Don Achenachi is actually, like, I saw the video of him going around and, and basically it's, it must be like a little quip because the people have abandoned the settlement because they owe so much money to Don Achenachi and they can't afford to pay him back. <laughs> well, all I've got to say about Don Achenachi is... Um, Antonacci, all 359 is ours. The hunting truckers. You started the war, we're going to end it. <laughs> Horses' heads in beds, we don't care. It's done. It's done. I was really hoping you were going to rhyme all of that then. <laughs> that would have been impressive, I. Now, mm. Do you think, though, that the 300% boost from neutron stars is... A bit too much of a buff, or not enough. I mean, it's blooming dangerous. You know, I know I've gone off and I tried just just from a normal white dwarf, and I got my my hull was taken down about forty percent trying to escape from the Ouch. corona of a white dwarf. Um, now I wasn't expecting the white dwarf, and I did kind of fly right into its into its plume. But my God, was it hard to get out of again? Galaxy's getting dangerous, folks. Mm. Is, you think, um, that, you think it's too much? Not enough or what? Well, uh, at the minute, with it being in beta, um, I, th- I don't know. I think they've got it quite right because neutron stars are fairly rare um, mm-hmm. compared to white dwarfs. Um, but whatever they do, the, the way they should, they should work it is the more powerful it is, the more dangerous it should be to achieve. So if, if you're going to boost it up to say even something ridiculous as 500%, then make it so that you're, when you're in that plume, everything's going everywhere and you're panicking at your X-52 or whatever controller you use and you're going crap, 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 the entire, and you're really risking it you know um but the other way round goes you know if if it's only if they're going to throttle it back to 150 or 100 then make it easier for people to do it make it less dangerous well i know when eramus and dr kai did their thing they actually got killed by one of these things whilst they were en route and they just you know they basically had to suck it up and start again ouch yeah yeah they so, couldn't anyway, get back either, Hobart. I heard, as well. Go on. Um, as a non-explorer, I don't really care. Unless, <laughs> for me, personally, to transport goods from one place to another, which it probably really isn't the risk versus your cargo value to transporting it to somewhere else. 
I'm not an explorer. It doesn't really bother me. If people want to go and supercharge their ships up and essentially bore themselves inside their ship, then that's fine by me. But equally, why are you so mad on doing that? (laughs) So so mad on doing what? What, Supercharging everything. Why would you super boil yourself to the point where you're almost plasma to think, ah, my eyes will be all right as long as I keep this for another five seconds and then I'll jump. <laughs> it's, I, and then suddenly your eyes are on the other side of the galaxy and you're just going, oh, that's I, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't get bored. That's the thing. Like th- there are moments, you know, you'll be multitasking or doing something else where you're exploring, but the, the views, I mean, no, come no, no, on, I, you, I, 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 I'll never be exploring. That's a problem. <laughs> You're selling the wrong fuel to the wrong man. I just <laughs> want to understand why. I mean, yes, there's, there's great things. There's beautiful things to go out and see. Why would you risk melting your eyes to go and see them? As a trucker, do you not see the Jack's expedition as like the galaxy's longest highway to, to get you like, that's effectively a massive trucking journey. That's like trucking across America, you know? Yeah, but that, 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 that's like buying, I don't know, I don't know, £10 worth of rice and then travelling all the way across from the UK to America to go and sell it at £3.55. How, how is that enjoyable? What, what, you know. Uh. I have to admit, I mean, I, I I did truck, and I literally trucked my Anaconda at a humongous 16 light year range wow. with about 300 tons of stuff to help build up jacks. And, you know, that's my first real exploration long distance journey. And I, def- I would definitely say that I was trucking, trucking it. And... I love. I actually, I really, really loved the experience. You know, the out in the middle of nowhere. I that final jump in when I was coming into Jack's in open after spending about three, three. I spent three weeks flying there from like three weeks of my time. Obviously, not not game time. Um, flying there, and that was an incredible experience. It was also incredibly nerve-wracking. It was damn scary in some respects. Um, and I did, I, again, I did the same when I, I flew off to Sag A and back, and again, I'm returning and returned there and open as well. And it was... It's a hell of a journey and it's a hell of an experience. Um, I don't know if I can really... And it is, I would agree with Ashley there that it is basically the ultimate trucking. Anyway, Homer. Um, so, I, um, I don't know if you know, um, about a year ago we had the, uh, the Hutton Orbital Truckers Gimp Run, which was basically, I think you had to take 32 mugs um, I think it was 32 mugs to 30 stations within the bubble and then you had one um, system inside a nebula that you had to drop off the second last mug and then the last mug you had to drop off at Sanjay and 
me personally, being a hunting trucker, I just saw that as delivery boy. So I went and consulted with the fuel rats, and they didn't quite understand what I was saying. And one, I said. I wanted the fastest ship that I could do to make the most jumps, most amount of fuel. Don't want to scan anything. And they went, what? And I said, I've got, I've got some cargo to drop off. So I, 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 did, I did the gimp run. Um, I wasn't the first to get back because some crazy commander, and I can't remember their commander name, basically did it within 12 hours. And I salute you, sir. But I was the second, second person to just basically go and drop off the 30 bugs in the stations and then head to the nebula and then i got to sanjay and i went all right i'm going to litter <laughs> the, the, the beautiful black hole it is because it'll all end up on the other side when we eventually get wormholes and in which case i'll go back and pick up my mug and that was kind of my exploration it was less of a honk scoop and jump it was more of a scoop scoop jump jump scoop scoop jump I don't know. I think I think my my play style is probably so obsolete versus the kind of exploration thing that it really doesn't it doesn't get me going, and it never has done. I think the longest I've ever spent actually exploring was forty five minutes, and I just went, you know what? It's not for me, which is fine, and I understand that, and it's not for everybody, and uh, you know, kudos to everybody that goes out and goes see beautiful things, but. If I made it to Sajay without giving a crap, how many other people? You, you, could just, Brian, you could just watch Obsidian Ants videos if you want to see something beautiful. Well, it's not It's not even that. I mean, I don't to know. To be honest, I would say you just have to have a look at... Um, oh, what's it called again? Uh, Jacques. Col- the Colonia system is one of the prettiest places I've seen. It's just not doing it for me, though. But that's one of the things that's great about Elite, because it, it may not be your cup of tea, but you can truck to your heart's content, you could do combat well, to your heart's I, content. I, 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 I don't even truck anymore, but you know, definitely exploration isn't my cup of tea, and I'm quite happy with that, and I'm quite happy that other people go out and go and do the things I don't. And that's what's great about Elite, is it doesn't have to be, and it never has to be. There's so many options, whether, you know, we could boil it down to, like, probably four things these days you can go and do combat you can go and do trading you can go and do mining or you can go and do exploration but that's not really what the game actually entails there's so yeah. many different things that intertwine it whether you're doing missions whether you're working on background simulation whether you're just doing whatever the crap you want to do there's so many different things you can do, and if it doesn't interest you, that's fine. But you can sit there and go and admire, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll look at Reddit and go, "Huh, oh, that's a pretty nice planet. I'll never see that, but that's a pretty nice picture." That's the end of it. No, I agree. I mean, I think that I love the planet porn and the ship porn and the space mm. porn that all the explorers get for us. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't count myself as an explorer. I've gone to Jacques, I've gone to Sagay. At some point, I, I will come back. To be fair, Ben, if you're saying I've been to Jacques, I've been to Sagay. Yeah, I'd pass you. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much in that explorer band of. You probably further further than most people have. But I, I love all the the desktop pictures that all these lovely guys give to us. 
Oh, it, 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 shames, it, it shames. No, it, sorry to interrupt. It shames me that the fact I, I don't do a I don't do a lot in the game is travel round. But there are people that are probably traveling around a little bit more than me, and they get these amazing pictures. And I sit there going, "Why can't I get these pictures?" Yeah, I don't. I'm not I, even, I know what you. I'm not even jumping out of the bubble. I'm not even exploring. It's just artistic people. <laughs> Yes, some some people are able to just fly into a system and just make make that system that you've been in a thousand times look so purdy. And yeah. anyway, on that final note, that's it for another episode of Love Radio. If you want to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook and facebook.com slash laveradio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com slash Lave Radio. And you can go onto the TeamSpeak channel where Hober talks all about his charity ride. Take it away. Okay, so um, back again. Um, I'm doing a 50-mile charity ride for special effects. If you'd like to support me, then please go to www just giving just giving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash s h s e t g www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash s h e t g and any support you can give me is amazing any support you can't give me then do something else to support me and spread it around your friends and family and let's just get the word of special effects spread out there and you're usually lurking on TeamSpeak, aren't you, Hober? Oh, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, yes, mostly. Um, right. I'll, de- I'll, mostly. Definitely be, I'll definitely be on for Hutton Orbital Radio on uh, Thursdays at 8.30 GMT. Um, potentially on, uh, um, I think it's about 7 o'clock uh, GMT for the Abracadrabble show. And I'll stop plugging everything on Hutton Orbital Radio. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> It's all, it's all good. Um, do, the do the thing, yes. Right. Ashley, have you got any shout-outs you want to give to, to anybody? Uh, yep, I just want to give a couple of shout-outs to the uh, commanders that were there with me when uh, I basically chased Ran Corsen across uh, space. Um, that's Commander Moonweb, who was in charge at the time, uh, Commander Sorindo, Commander Malik, Commander Dioxin, and Commander Vic Chromaton. Alright, and... Would you like to say anything about anything? If you're still here. I think we've lost Colin, but I will give a plug for his Top Shift shows, which you're able to find on YouTube. Uh, So thank you very much to Colin, who's now left us, to Grant, who is rebuilding PCs and putting cats up ladders and... Playing with his bananas <laughs> and various other random things like that. Oh, if only you all backstage to understand it. <laughs> to Ashley in his tinfoil hat. To Hober. Because and his rich tea biscuits. Yeah, yeah. Where are they? Um, Ed, Ed Lewis. This, this is another. This is another public announcement. Where are my rich tea finger biscuits? To everybody who's been flying around shooting each other at the orange sidewinder in beta. That's all for this week. 
And for those that haven't currently given to my Just Giving page, then feel free to go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash SHSETG. Are you done though? <laughs> yeah, are we good? I Everybody just, I, remember I, I, Richard. <laughs> yeah, remember all these awesome things that all these awesome guys do. And until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 11th of October 3302. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Sirius sponsors spies in the skies. Shoot em up free-for-all in Slink's eye. Secret meeting at Hutton Orbital. Sirius sponsors spies in the skies. Friend of the independent pilot, best known for paying well for exploration data, developing new and better frameshift drive technology, and working with Marco Quent to deliver better power management, Sirius Corporation this week revealed that it has deployed vast numbers of unmanned deep space probes to automate the exploration of the galaxy. In what is interpreted to be a sideways swipe at their loyal band of independent explorers, a Sirius Corporation spokesman claimed that human pilots are prone to sightseeing and chasing myths, rather than surveying systematically, and that the new generation of automated probes will dramatically improve survey coverage of the galaxy. The spokesman also revealed that the corporation has developed the probes in collaboration with the Federal Astrocartography Department at Mars High, an organisation whose head, Carl Devine, warned in August about the risk of poorly prepared explorers encountering alien life. (laughs) 
shoot em up free-for-all in Slink's eye. In yet another of a seemingly never-ending series of opportunities for independent pilots to make easy money, the revolutionary Slink's eye liberals have offered ridiculously good bounty terms in the system of Slink's eye. This is in response to an upswing in pirate activity, which may in turn be due in part to Slink's Eye offering generous terms for reactive armour deliveries to Kellyum Ring in the Slink's Eye system. Chicken and egg for Slink's Eye liberals, easy picking for pilots who take up the challenge. Secret meeting at Hutton Orbital. In a top-secret meeting at Hutton Orbital, someone very important is believed to have met somebody else very important and discussed very important things. A spokesman for Hutton Orbital Truckers pointed out that holding a meeting at Hutton Orbital means you get 90 minutes warning of uninvited guests, making it one of the best places in the galaxy to enjoy complete privacy. Because of this complete privacy, the names of the very important people and the nature of the very important subject they discussed is unknown. However, the Hutton Trucker spokesperson said that all would eventually be revealed when the history books were written. The spokesperson also pointed out that Hutton Mugs and Centauri Megajin are on special offer at Hutton Orbital and finished by proclaiming loudly, For the Mug! And that's this week's Scalnet News. We read the news because Alvin tells us to.